0: Hello and welcome to Red Nets, uh, your official podcast of the Empire of the Cop. And joining me, as always, is Steve, who is currently, you know, like, recovering from COVID. <laughs> and uh, Farrell, who's not recovering from COVID, as, the, as far as we know. Uh, you know, he may be asymptomatic. I don't want to... Have you, have you had a test recently?
1: Um, not recently. I've, I've had my jab. That was all uh, fun and joy. Um, but than
0: that, I feel fresh as a daisy. Nice, nice. Uh, so I guess the best the best place to start off uh, is the rumours of uh, outgoings. I guess uh, Shakiri Jordan, Shakiri the Power Cube, as we all love to to refer him to. Uh, I, you know, what? I haven't heard anyone call him Power Cube in forever. Like not until like these rumours started coming out, that everyone started calling Power Cube again. Like it's just it was one of those things that happened at the when we first signed him, and then the just nickname just. Disappeared. Am I, uh, have you guys seen him being referred to that since? I think I sneaked it into an article. <laughs> it,
1: was, it was, yeah, yeah I jumped, jumped back on that train. Had to be done.
0: So, uh, Shakiri, he's told Core Sports uh, that uh, I told Liverpool, the, the Liverpool board, I feel re- ready for a new challenge. They accepted my decision and will now consider bids to sell me. Liverpool won't stop me this summer. And they also went on to say, I'd love to go come back to Italy, and I'd like to play for Lazio. Now, on Monday, Neil Jones uh, confirmed that there was interest from Sevilla, Real, Villarreal, Lazio, and Napoli, and that R- Liverpool are ready to do business at the right price. And then on Tuesday, we found out what that right price was. According to Florian Plettenberg, he uh, came out and said that the price tag was below €10 million, euros, which is... 8.5 million pounds uh and that Shaq can also imagine a return to the Bundesliga uh, the, but there have been no concrete talks so far so just you know sprinkle of interest maybe a few phone calls saying how how much you offering? but nothing no no deals coming our way uh Steve do you think this is definitely it for for Shaq is this is this, uh, it's been a long time coming is this him out the door or are we you know are we certain that there's going to be some Concrete talks anytime soon.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is it for Shaq. I think it was uh, two two years ago, maybe 18 months ago. Um, there was talk about him leaving and he basically sat down and you know turned around to Klopp and said, listen, I, I don't want to go. And that's the main thing for Klopp. You know, if a player turns around and says, I want to fight for my place, he'll be more than happy to keep him around. Um, the fact that he's came out and made it public that he wants to leave. He's told the club he wants to leave. I think that's that's it. I think if it was if it wasn't already more or less done uh, in terms of an exit, I think uh, I think it is now. Now he's made it public. There's probably a, there's probably something going on behind the scenes that's put him in a position where he's confident enough to talk about it. The fact that he's mentioned Lazio in an interview is not a big surprise. Uh, Lazio need wingers going into the summer. They're changing up the plan. They're, they're playing style next season, which means they're going to need to bring in more wingers. Shaqiri fits it perfectly. He knows the league well. He'd be welcomed by Lazio fans. And, you know, he's he's a top-class footballer. He, he will do well over there. Yeah, I, I think it's his time up at Liverpool. And I think it'll be good for him to have one last hurrah somewhere else as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that we've only had sort of um the one good season out of him really i mean like he's 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 played more of a i mean he's always been like super sub especially in like that first season um but like you know go, going forward he's 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 like the last two seasons like it's it's been you know a, a a drop in terms of appearances in terms of contribution to the team really uh farrell do you think that uh, 8.5 million is a you know, is a reasonable fee, bearing in mind that that's a, that's a £5 million loss on what we essentially paid for him in the first place. It's an absolute
1: bargain, isn't it? Um, especially given that, I believe, that Neil Jones recently reported for goal that Liverpool were looking to get closer to £15 million for him, which, you know, in the context of COVID, £7 million drop in asking price is absolutely ginormous. The only thing I can think in terms of why the club would be happy to go for that would be to... Well, first, they get them out the door, obviously, as quick as possible, uh, which serves the double purpose of getting the money quicker and also addressing the non-homegrown quota. That will only draw us level, I I believe, to about uh, the 17 maximum. Um, Interestingly, um, and I touched on this yesterday, AS recently reported that Sol would be available for about £41 million. Now, I don't know if you guys are into the whole conspiracy theory around this, but assuming we've amassed around roughly 33 million pounds, selling Shakiri would interestingly get us right on that valuation. That's assuming that uh Atletico Madrid's asking price has been accurately reported in the first place. Um so you're then sort of thinking you're getting the money in quickly, you're addressing the non-homegrown quota, we'd still need to sell another. Player of that uh, of that grouping, so one of Carrius, Origi, Minamino. But it's it's interesting how these pieces could theoretically fall into place. Um, but it's also then reliant, as I said, on that report being accurate.
0: Mm. Uh, you, you're stealing you're stealing talking points from me. I had that all written down, all the <laughs> maths, I had it all calculated. Uh, there is like an element of uh, putting the tinfoil hat on. If if we're, if we're focusing on on the homegrown quota then a Jared Bowen like signing would probably feel a little bit more comfortable in, in terms of like, you know, checking that box. But in terms of the situation like that, I mean, he'd probably be too much for what, you know, FSG would be willing to pay. You know, I, I just, it, it, it feels like, a shame that we are I mean, once again in a, uh, I mean, it's, it's always been the case with FSG, but it's always been a, a sell to buy situation. And, you know, we're, we're, we're there, you know, we are that, that elderly person in the queue pulling out 20 P coins, you know, to pay for the, for their grocery shopping, uh, just to get rid of the, just get rid of all the change. Shakiri, he's, uh, he's had 63 appearances, eight goals and nine assists in all comps. On the flip side, you could say that Shakiri out the door frees up pathway for Elliot in his uh, in his natural position going forward. You know, it's. Do you think that's? I mean, I know that Klopp has been experimenting with uh, with Oxo Chamberlain, and and, and Elliot in these in these preseason friendlies. Um, but do you think that Shaq leaving sort of throws all of that to one side and? and allows Elliot to go back to sort of like his sort of the, the pathway to him becoming a regular first teamer suddenly becomes clearer, Steve.
2: Yeah, I think, and, you know, Klopp's shown in the past that he's he's willing to give these younger players a chance and Elliot certainly proved himself at championship level. He's proved that he's, well, in my opinion, he's proved that he's more than good enough to play in the Premier League and definitely in the Cups, the FA, the FA Cup and the League Cup. And the amount of games that we've seen, Shaq play over like the last year is could Elliot step in and play those number of games? Yeah, would he have a similar impact? Probably. Um, obviously, we we have to look at you know the moments of uh, madness of Shakiri over the years when he's came off the bench and he's done unbelievable things, but. There's nothing to say that Elliot doesn't have that in his locker as well. Uh, he certainly, if you spoke, spoke to a Blackburn fan, they'd say, you know, special player. And we've seen enough of that ourselves. And as I say, Klopp has got a history of giving these young players a chance. We've seen Nico Williams come into the team, players like this, Curtis Jones as well. So, yeah, I think Harvey Elliot is in that sort of a category of player who is going to get those chances. And I think security leaving presents a perfect opportunity and it'll be music to FSG's years as well because it means they haven't got a goal it's a lot
0: yeah it's uh, i mean you say that and going back to what uh, farah was saying about the uh the, having the, the finances and all the like you know the conspiracy theory stuff so we've got so far we've got about 30 million in the in the kitty from all the outgoing transfers so one player that we've been linked with uh, for a suspicious price of thirty million pounds, apparently Liverpool are readying a thirty million pound bid, according to the Daily Star, for Adama Traore. Now, basically, if this if this lines up, we're basically going from one stocky lad to another. It's just that rather than you know, he, he's putting baby oil all, all over himself, rather than on the calves. Let's face it, is you know, Shaq's biggest strength was his calves. Adama Traore is just you know, he's like a an Adonis, like look at it. look at the guy. He's 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 pure muscle all over the place. Farrell, do these rumours have any believability? Let's face it, it's coming from the Daily Star. Not to dunk on the Daily Star, but
1: I think in terms of credibility, I wouldn't necessarily look to the report and question. I'd more look at sort of Klopp's sort of prior comments on the play. You know, he's known to be a bit of an admirer of Triore. The main stickler, of course, is that he's not exactly. An out-and-out goal scorer. We're talking about a player that scored, I believe, seven league goals in the last three seasons in the Premier League. So, if you're looking for someone to sort of, not necessarily come in and be a starter, but at least you know pressure the front three, you know, have like, hit sort of double fig, at least double figures for the season, you know, sort of take the pressure off Salah again if he's faced with a, another campaign where he's sort of pulling the weight a bit. You wouldn't look to Triore as being that kind of player it more fit within the sort of category as a impact sub you know someone you bring on bring on for the last sort of 20 10 minutes so it's not one i th- i think is
0: likely um, i i mean i'm just looking at the the stats here for like kind of comparing xg and and all that kind of stuff uh, between Shakiri and Traore and you know over over the last few seasons Shakiri has had more of an impact his his sort of star when you're looking at those like star charts and all that kind of stuff uh shakiri has more of a, an impact than uh traore. traore is is very sort of compact uh compared to shakiri i mean it's hard when you're talking about stats like that and graphs it's kind of hard to to describe over audio um but it just it does seem like uh, I mean there's a lot of factors that come into play with things like uh, positioning and all that kind of stuff how many minutes you have to 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 impact the game um but it just feels like although the logic might be sound, it still feels like a bit of a step back uh, in terms of what you're gonna be getting on the pitch now you know Liverpool have turned some some gems around basically they've they've they, the likes of Andy Robertson who came from a a relegated Hull City side is now one of the best, you know, left backs in the in the world. Uh, Steve, do you, do you think that Treore is kind of good enough? Do you, or do you think that you know we'll be able to polish a, a a diamond out of this lump of coal? Take this coal lump of coal and you know compress it into a diamond. I, I'm a terrible at analogies. I'm just gonna throw that out there.
2: It's good analogy. He's a very really, he's uh, a very really strong piece of. Uh... <laughs> L- lump of uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm there with you it. it's, it's not going too well this but yeah he's, he's, he's a strong man <laughs> Is is he as good of a player as we are at Analogies that's what I want to I think to know. he might be a bit better than that <laughs> but, <laughs> ah, Well there you go then. Um, No I, I think um, the problem with Adama Traore is, is not so much the sort of player that he is because obviously he's a Premier League class footballer you know if we were to get rid of Shaqiri and put him on the bench instead I mean that wouldn't be good news for Harvey Elliott but, um, you know, it wouldn't be a bad replacement. We wouldn't be calling upon him too much, obviously, a bit more this coming season with AFCON. But um, it'd be a good replacement. But um, he's not going to cost, uh, you know, next to nothing. You know what I mean? If we're getting rid of Shaqiri for about £8-9 million, pounds we're going to be getting a down trail away for at least, what, £25 million. Pounds. I just don't think it's going to be a sound investment. It's certainly not something that FSG would even consider going for, to be honest, especially when you've got Harvey Elliott posting the numbers that he did last season. You'd rather just give him a go. And then like if, if it doesn't go to plan, which you know I've got faith in Harvey Elliott, I'm sure Jürgen does as well, and the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, if it doesn't go to plan, do something in January. Um, we've done it before where uh, Takumi uh, Minamino got loaned out uh, when he wasn't getting enough game time with Shaqiri and the team. So, you know, the club's not afraid to do stuff in January if it needs to. Um, I really don't think there's much in the Adama Traore rumours. Um, but obviously it is a player that, yeah, club does actually like.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of feels a little bit like uh, agent talk, if anything, uh, especially with the with the source of the rumour as well. But uh, talking about, you know, agent talk, Mino Raiola has uh, been talking to Laten Sport Apparently, uh, and he's mentioned that uh, Liverpool will be in for Paul Pogba in the January window. Moving on, uh, Le Ten Sport have also said, or Lille are ready to sell Renato Sanchez this summer. Uh, he has one year left on his on his current deal, uh, so you kind of feel like now is is the right time for them to either renew the contract or or sell him on for as much as they can get. Uh, Farrell. Sanchez I mean it's not the first time we've spoken about him is it it's uh it's an interesting link
1: no not at always. he's one that comes up frequently in association with Liverpool and I think many fans would probably agree he's, worth, he's potentially worth a go I think you've got to look at sort of the age you know he's 23 so we're talking about longevity which is always uh, an important thing you then got to sort of look at sort of factors around him, sort of like the League One's uh, financial crisis, which could potentially feed into a lower asking price. Uh, though I think reports do seem to differ over whether he's going to be offered a new contract or sort of lobbed in the shop window. Um, I believe transfer market value valued him at around £27 million. So again, if you're looking at sort of our the potential spending power, you're thinking £60, 60 million is what we're aiming for in player sales. Half of that on a player like Sanchez would probably be quite good business. But
0: going back to the the whole situation with uh, homegrown players and whatnot, it just it feels like yet another foreign link when we're trying to minimise the impact of foreign players on the team. Like all of these, all these rumours, apart from jared bowen i mean he's the only sort of homegrown player that i'm aware that we've been linked to this window unless apart from uh McGinn. um but like you know it, it just seems like oh we're trying to solve this problem by not solving this problem if you know what i mean uh Stee, do you think now is the time that we should pounce on sanchez i mean he had a, he had a great euros
2: yeah, I think uh, I think now would be a, a really wise step to go for it, especially if the reports in France are true that <laughs> um that he uh, does uh, that they are considering moving him on uh, now because obviously his contract runs out in twelve months. It makes sense, you know. Uh, I think there would have been some Liverpool fans that would have rather Ryan Alden uh, been sold for some money, but instead of leaving on a free. Uh, I think it's a similar situation with Renato Sanchez. I don't know in terms of contract talks what's happening, but there doesn't seem to be much going on in terms of that. So, yeah, it, it makes a great deal of sense. Uh, in terms of the homegrown quota stuff, yeah, of course, that has to come into consideration. But these reports at the minute don't seem to be it a great deal. Um, but again, these players, we don't know how serious the interest is uh, that Liverpool have in these players. Again, they could be just... 10 names on a piece of paper or well, they could be players that have been scouted for two years. We just, we just don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot of the sort of inside baseball of it all is that most of these, most, most Premier League teams, most, you know, major teams from the the big leagues in Europe have laptops with spreadsheets galore essentially like a black box and they'll scout and they'll, they'll throw numbers into the, into the equations and, you know, churn out a list at the end of it. And, you know, all these, these look like players that we should go for. And then in Liverpool's case, they have the, the, what's affectionately known as the non-Nobbed policy, you know, so they, you, you, you're then cutting out half of that list or whatever, because, you know, they're not exactly team players or they're not the, the best kind of people to have in your squad you, you're not the kind of characters that you want to be playing with on a regular basis you know it just it, again this it this this smacks to me and i'm I, I feel like i'm dismissing pretty much every single player that we end up talking about on this show but it just smacks of all right he's got a year left on his deal agents going right well let's kick this up a gear he's done a, he's had a really good euros let's try and get a new deal and if we can't let's try and force a move uh, Farrell do you think that's you know that's an accurate picture
1: I mean it's interesting you mentioned that because we discussed it previously you know around how Liverpool you know does does its business nowadays and the fact of the matter is, is that uh, very few people genuinely know what's going on with the club in terms of who your genuine targets are and that's obviously makes our job a lot more challenging but it's better for the club it's better for the business um, but it's you know it's better for everyone. That's more more of a well-run club. Um, like like you said, it's sort of. I, I think it makes sense, but then there there is an element of almost agent talk. You know, yeah, you know, you're left on the contract. Can we sort of encourage a bit of a bidding war here? Maybe it was, you know, particularly I think you've got you've got to look you consider the wider context of League One's financial struggles. You know, th- this is a player that could potentially go for far cheaper than they have in mind. So it would suit them to have more than one genuine suitor involved. Mm.
0: So we've, we've, we've had a little bit of a, a, a downer really this whole podcast there hasn't really been any sort of barely credible links to the club. We've got players who want to leave. So I'm just going to, you know, really pour a whole bucket of water on this and just add any hopes that we had of signing anyone just going to, completely get rid of that the whole transfer window is doomed uh neil jones from goal uh writing for goal has said that uh you know Saul tillemans yeah they're they're not financially viable either in terms of transfer fee or expected salary or both we're looking at younger players that we can sort of grow into and like feed into the squad over time much like what's happened with Trent, what's happening with Jones, with Elliott. Chiesa can't be ignored. Liverpool liked the player, we're tracking him extensively at Fiorentina, but that ship has sailed. The Euro 2020 star is out of their price range this summer. Next summer is already being talked up as a big one by sources at the club who believe it'll be easier then to find the right kind of player to improve and evolve the team. So pretty much we're broke. <laughs> That's it. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not buying these players that were linked to. We're not, pl- uh, we're not throwing money into whichever star of the week, you know, has just had a, a great tournament or, you know, uh, just won a player of the, of the month tro- of trophy or whatever. It's, it, it just seems like we are sticking to a policy of buy small, sell big, which, you know, if you've been following FSG has been their policy all along. Do you think that that will still hold true going forward? Or do you think that there are some holes in that policy, uh, Farrell? I think the thing is, you have to consider that
1: we've been far, far from unsuccessful clubs at, of late, certainly since Klopp's been around. You know, there's, there's been the arguments of, oh, well, we're operating under this policy under a manager that isn't considered to be potentially you know, top top tier of this sort of generation, we'd be struggling more. And there is some element of truth in that. But then likewise you have to consider, you know, we have been successful of late. This policy has worked to a certain degree. And though, you know, you can sort of understand how these sort of frustrations are arising, especially when you're seeing articles coming out like, oh, you know, Klopp's impressed with Harvey Elliott or Kylie Gordon. Um and then you're seeing our rivals going out and spending over 70 million on, you know, a Sancho-esque player. But I think there is certainly elements of, you know, don't don't change something that is currently working. And then you've also got to consider the reality of COVID-19 how that's affected the finances. So I wouldn't expect a change in that certainly this summer. Maybe in a summer or two summers' time, when sort of the finances have sort of balanced out a bit more. Um, but certainly for this one, it would seem. That we're going to have less it's not going to be mark marquee kind of signings but then i'm i don't buy into the idea that you know the transfer window is going to close and we're not going to have brought in another player beyond canate i just i just think that'd be pure insanity
0: my i i have a concern with with this whole policy that yes we might bring in a, a player you know this window extra to Kanate you know, we we might make the odd purchase here or there, but, you know, we're already starting to see the seeds of doubts with some of these players. We've seen, like, you know, uh, Wijnaldum, uh come out and, and say that he was he didn't feel appreciated at the club. Uh, we've already seen, you know, we've got a massive list of, of players that are due a, a, a contract renewal that, that just sort of hasn't happened yet i mean look at henderson for example um but we the biggest issue i have is that Klopp has a contract until 2024 which doesn't leave an awful lot of time if he if he doesn't renew which he says that like you know this is pretty much it if he doesn't renew it doesn't leave a lot of time to reinvigorate the squad and i just have i i, I look you know, just down the road at what happened at United when Fergie left. When Ferguson left, the squad was starting to decline. And then it was like, right, peace out. I'm retiring. I'm out. And then all of these managers that have have succeeded him have just been trying to plug holes in the ship. And sometimes it's been ridiculously expensive players that haven't panned out. I mean, we don't have that luxury I mean, we're already struggling as it is. I mean, granted, there's COVID and all that kind of stuff. But the the, the issue that, that I have is that we might end up in a in a real doomsday scenario where the Golden Goose leaves, you know, Klopp, I think everyone can agree, has taken players that are, pl- are now playing beyond some of their parts. And yeah, I, I just don't want to see that happen to us where we, we end up with whoever ends up, managing us next has a massive reconstruction job on their hands that they just don't have the money to. I mean, especially if we're not renewing contracts, we might end up with more and more players leaving on freeze. Steve, is that, is that a legitimate concern? Do you think that the club would improve things going forward or is this just gonna Because it's not the first time that we've heard next summer is the big summer. (laughs) Sorry. We didn't mean to say it last summer. We meant next summer is the big summer. Am I
2: worrying too much? Uh, no, I think uh, I think football fans. I think we all worry about these things because things can change so quickly. I mean, we saw with Klopp how it changed for the better so quickly, but we've seen with other managers how quickly it can change the other way. Like you mentioned, United there, United, but boys, it changed very quickly in the other direction. But um, I think there's two parts to it, really. I think uh, players at the club, the likes of Elliot. I think he's probably the biggest outstanding player. Elliot, you got Jones as well, and there's players in the in the youth ranks, like Musialowski, uh, um, uh, Gordon, uh, players like this who could end up being the next big thing. Um, you know, uh, players like. Um, Pometeo on, on that as well. You know They're coming through the ranks and I think that they'll sort of hopefully uh, safeguard the future. Um, I think the biggest replacement that um, FSG need to get right is Klopp. I think you're, you're right in sort of being worried about that because uh, that person is going to be the key to, to the future, the manager is is, is the most important person at, at a club. You know the the players that Jürgen brought in over the years. They you know they didn't seem more than impressive. At the time signing them like Robertson and Mane, you know they're quite underwhelming signings. They turned it to two of the best players in the world, and that's in no small part down to uh, Jürgen Klopp. Um, I think as well in terms of you know this summer's going to be the big summer. Then next summer's going to be the big summer, and then it's always next summer. I think. These big signings, like you mentioned, Chiesa there, who no doubt would cost about £100 million um, for, for his role in the um, Italian triumph at the Euros. And also the fact that he plays for Juventus, obviously, at Fiorentina, he probably could have got him for a much better price. But Juventus will not charge cheap, um, especially to Liverpool. Um, I think those kinds of signings, uh, which obviously is a player that's going to go into the starting eleven requires Salah or Mane to actually depart the club, uh, which I think is maybe one of the reasons that it's always next summer because the club doesn't exactly know what's going on with the futures of these players.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, you, you mentioned there about the the youth players, and hopefully they'll come good. But my my another concern I have is that we've we've been. Down that road before we've we've put all our hopes on on Ibe becoming good, Solanke coming good, you know Bobby Duncan. I mean, he this this week he's ended up in Denmark. <laughs> you know, it's just like I know that that situation is very different from the other two. But you know, as as fans, we look at these youth prospects, and not to diminish the the value of our academy or anything. It's just that. Um, you know there is there is something to be said about putting too much hope on the youth being the solution to all of our problems going forward um farrell i mean the the situation it, it just it's pretty bleak isn't it do you see it that way
1: i think and i don't know if it's
0: just because
1: obviously you know we've been treated to such a good period in liverpool's history but i'm I'm probably more teetering towards being, very, you know, cautiously optimistic about the situation. I think I like that. Um, <laughs> I, I see. I see this, the thing is right. I see the situation being as, and it's especially important when we're comparing against, you know, the end of Sir Alex Ferguson's reign at United. You're looking at that team sort of hitting its peak. Ferguson leaves, it immediately goes into decline. They're bringing the wrong manager. Whereas if we're looking at sort of where Liverpool are now and where they could be in three years' time. I think this this team, well, there's, there's already been talk about it hitting its peak now, or potentially next summer. Either way, Klopp will have time to sort of look at what needs to be changed, repaired, sort of, you know, big signings, if we're more capable of making, making that, as Steve pointed out, if one of Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, that kind of player, who would allow us to then go out and fund another major move. Um, so it's yeah. There are there are two sides to it. There are there are elements there that I'm concerned about, um, especially when you look at sort of like the young young stars, we're sort of looking forward to. It could go either way. You know, get either all of them turn out to be brilliant they come into the squad, or you get a situation where only one or two of them, you know, Misialowski or Gordon, sort of come in. So I think yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the whole thing. But as Steve pointed out, one of the the main thing that FSG have to get absolutely right is Klopp's replacement, and by extension, ensuring that the, the structure around Klopp either stays the same. You get the likes of key names, so so of Michael Edwards has has to be considered a priority to remain with the club.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Michael Edwards is the is the miracle uh, when it comes to you know these transfer deals. I mean, we've pretty much uh, sold Bournemouth up the river countless times. Yeah, as mo- as long as Michael Edwards is is, is in charge of organising our transfer dealings, you know who knows what will happen. You know we might even end up with a ridiculous sum of money for. You know, uh, I mean, I know Wilson's already gone, but I mean, for, to be fair, the the amount of money that we got for him was a bit ridiculous to say that he's never started for us, and you know, in terms of uh, playing in a league, I. Yeah, there is some there is some cautious optimism to be had. Uh, I, I I like that you've you've brought this small spark of joy back into this conversation. Uh, so to to finish it off, you know, let's 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 finish positive. We're playing her Berlin tonight. Predictions, Stee.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's another big test. You know, it's not a it's not a push it over the side. It's not a thirty minute game, so it should be entertaining. Yeah. Um. You know, pre season is so hard to predict in it, but with, with the prospects of Van Dyke being among the squad uh, for the game, I think the hopes will be nice and high. I think the players will be good. I'm going to say we're going to score three, uh, and I'm going to say because it's pre season, we'll be nice and we'll let them out one. Three, one to Liverpool.
0: Aww. But that, would that be when Van Dyke is on the pitch? Because he's getting a, uh, it, a. He's getting. He's in contention for tonight's. I, I, I believe. Uh, so would that be in the first, you know, 18 minutes or will that be like in that last 10 minutes when Van Dijk has strolled on the pitch?
2: I think, uh, I think it's going to be when Van Dijk's not on the pitch. There's no way that man can seize a goal in pre-season. I'm not having it. <laughs> uh, Farrell,
0: what do you, what do you think will be the uh, re- end result tonight?
1: In a spirit of caution, I'm going to go for a 2-1. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I'll get one. But, um like I said, it's pre-season, you know, these kind of ties don't
0: tend to be sort of massive, you know, yeah. golastic
1: affairs. So um, I think, yeah,
0: 2-1. I mean, uh, there have been a few sort of like crazy results in these pre- I mean, uh, who was it the other day that got like eight? Is it, uh, I can't remember. That was it was
1: and I think <laughs> well, Fiorentina um, got, I think it's Fiorentina, yeah, 11. Yes. Against, yes. I think, uh, Vla- uh, was it that's got eight of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh it's, it's it's silly season. it it really is like you know the fact that uh you know like I, I was I can always remember back to uh the the Wembley game against Barcelona. Uh was that that was that was four nil, wasn't it? And then next next game, next day uh, we play mines and it's four nil the other way and it's like well, you know, that's friendly season. Um I'm I'm gonna why, go why? yeah, I, I'm gonna go for a win uh i i'm gonna put my put my horses out there i'm gonna i'm gonna say harvey elliott gets a goal uh so yeah thank you for joining us uh for another episode of red nets thank you to steve thank you to farrell and we will see you next time bye for now